Is Thanksgiving the first holiday that you are spending with your new boyfriend's parents? Are you panicked because you need their mom to love you and give you that A-OK and putting a ring on it? Well, then you are going to want to bring some Amber Bath bathing essentials to give to their family for the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm serious, you guys. This is the best gift you can give any person in your life. If you want all natural, minimal ingredients, family run, women run products, you can go to amberbath.com and use code WOLFPACK at checkout for soap, scrubs, body butters, salves, the most delicious bathing essentials. You will get 20% off and an extra little gift from your den mothers. Again, that is amberbath.com using code WOLFPACK at checkout. You're welcome. Welcome back to the Sex Zen Podcast. You are here with your host, She Wolf Lauren and Camille Joanne XO. Yay. Today, we are really excited to be talking about personal style and what if my sex life is boring as fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what if it is B-O-R-I-N fucking B? <laughs> I love this subject. I love all the things we talk about, so I don't even need to say that anymore. Right. But before we get rolling, let's just hop right into the weekly updates. Oh my gosh. I'm excited for the weekly update. I've had the best week ever. (laughs) I have been sleeping so hard. Basically, my whole life comes down to how well I slept and how well I've been sleeping. Mm -hmm. I have the ability to be the best sleeper on the face of the earth. Like I feel, I feel like our matrilineage, our mother's side lineage Mm -hmm. could win an award for being the best sleepers on the face of the earth. It's something to be awarded. (laughs) It is. Grandma, I think mom has it, but not as much. Mom's kind of been a little bit more restless. He's a hard napper though. Think hard about napper. it. Hard napper. Yeah. So grandma, mom, you sleep great. I you sleep like a baby. Yeah. And so do I. I sleep. Typically, I don't even have dreams that I can remember at all because it. I always say if I'm sleeping well, it's complete blackness for nine hours. <laughs> like, yeah. From the time I hit the pillow to the time I wake up, it's just black. That's my favorite. I honestly have never been able to understand the people who just barely survive off any sleep. I just feel like that, that's not even a possibility for me. Yeah. If there's one. It's a possibility for you. No, no, no. I, even when I used to go out all the time, I would still sleep. And if I wasn't sleeping like seven or eight hours, at least I was taking a nap later in the day. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't just right. Even in college when there was a ton going on, I was not an all nighter person. I only pulled one all nighter in college. Whoa. Yeah. My senior year at the very end doing this 
an engineering report that was like 70 pages long. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. That was just like a normal assignment. That was the only all-nighter I pulled. Side note, I got to the engineering building in the morning to print it out and the printer was broken and I had it. A breakdown and literally started crying <laughs> in the building. I was like, oh, I didn't sleep. And like nobody else had slept either. <laughs> and I was late to class. It was just so bad. Oh my that was my God. only only all nighter in all of college. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I guess it is. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I made a big habit out of all nighters, but I would say I was gonna pull an all nighter almost every day. Yes, me too. I'd be like, oh, it's an, I'm going to be pulling an all-nighter. And people would be like, whoa, geez. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be an all-nighter. And then I would go to bed around two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I did that quite a few times too. Yeah. But That's my only all-nighter. I, I want to just say that I do feel nostalgic about that time. I get nostalgic about college, about that feeling. It's kind of a rush. It was sort of an addicting feeling of like, okay, start the semester. It's all your new classes. Then before you know it, it's midterms. Then before you know it, it's finals. And it's your last time. Like there's something so nostalgic about that. College was like my favorite four years. Yeah. You had so much fun. I just feel like there was nothing like being surrounded by people who were going through the same thing as you every day. Yeah. Just like going to the dining halls and then rushing before class to like run and get a Starbucks iced coffee. Like I loved college. I would do it all over, even though I don't even use my degree. Right. You use your degree in little ways. I do. My time management. I, I use a lot of my engineering background for random things. And I did use my degree for five years, but yeah, that time was just so I'm all of a sudden feeling really nostalgic about college too yeah like sometimes I'll want to pull an all-nighter like right now I'm having a little bit of caffeine I came off cacao and now I'm having <laughs> okay. I came off cacao <laughs> that's how it feels I came off of it it's not good yeah. for me so at least it's not good for me every day. It's like what I have to do with caffeine where yeah. I was doing it every day and then I completely cold turkeyed it for like a long time, a couple, I think a couple months. Yeah. Maybe I would have a couple sips of coffee here and there. And now I can have a caffeine once every blue moon. And then it actually works like it's supposed to. Like I feel totally, totally alive. And like, <laughs> I feel very manic on it. I love it. Yeah, me too. It's so fun. So anyway. It, it is really fun. So uh, what was I saying about that? So you've been having the hardest week the hardest sleep ever that's your weekly update ever yes so well I have a couple things to say about my week sleeping amazingly I finally feel caught up my meditation has been incredible half an hour every morning for sunrise today I sunned my perineum in my house the windows completely open like screens open windows open and I get the sunrise directly into my living room so I like probably burned my butthole in the sun, but it felt great. <laughs> you bleached your own asshole. Bleached my own asshole. I had my period <laughs> on the full moon and also missed the eclipse completely. Uh, I wanted to just say that we have a new family member in here in Tulum and her name is Rosie. <laughs> Shane and I got the major hookup. We were going to go to the beach 
last weekend. Didn't end up going. Right when that happened, I got on Facebook Marketplace and I could not find a scooter to save my life, except for all of a sudden one popped up and I thought it was just for rent because it was too perfect. No, this woman was selling it because she had to buy a car. It was brand new. She drove it down from Playa and within one hour, we found the scooter we wanted. She delivered it. It's a 2022. I just can't even tell you how everything just perfectly lined up. And now we have the scooter of my dreams. It's like the cutest thing I've ever seen. It is so cute. You have to look at Lauren's backup account. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at my personal page, which I highly recommend following because it's just so fun. I post on there like no filter. It's just like 2014 Instagram. It's your life. It's my life. And that's under Lauren White Wolf. So if you want to follow at Lauren White Wolf, go ahead and do that and you can see Rosie. Rosie is a bad bitch. I can't wait to get one that's matching. Oh, you're going to hop on the back of it and I'm going to toot you around Tulum. Okay. My week update is that I am in love with this new city I'm in and I'm scared. (laughs) That is so wonderful. I went to a volleyball meetup where I got to play beach volleyball. And honestly, I'll say it. I find great confidence in when people find out how good I am at volleyball. (laughs) We're so good at volleyball. Because you're, I played through high school and then I've played some doubles here and there, like some beach a little bit here and there, but I'm, I'm an athletic type. We've said it once. I'll say it again. So I just pick it up again. And, you know, you kind of show up to those leagues. That's like, Hey, everybody's playing beach volleyball. And you never, you don't really know the skill level, but I did a couple moves where people cheered. (laughs) They went, whoa. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I know. I'm pretty good. (laughs) Holy shit, Camille. Yeah. You need to be on like an advanced league. Yeah. So I feel, I felt pretty good. And then we did a happy hour last night. Now I'm going to another happy hour Friday. I'm just having a lot of fun and I've never been more productive. <laughs> Make you on over here. Yeah. And I think that's my whole week update because I just feel like I'm really enjoying my time and that's it. That's all there has to be. Well, I love that for you. I said big yawn because I want you to be by me, but I also am excited to see you this weekend and it's not so bad. It's not so far. We'll see what the drive feels like to get here for you, but it's not so bad. I'm about an hour away. Yeah. So that's my weekly update. Today, do you want to talk about why we're talking about personal style? (laughs) Yes. Should I give him the full shebang? Well, yeah, go ahead. Lay it on him. <laughs> okay. Well, today Camille and I were getting ready to record and I just said, oh, what's that little shawl that you're wearing? And Camille, <laughs> Camille immediately didn't take to that well. She said- I did not like it. You didn't take to it well. She goes, Lauren, this is my- overthrow or you know whatever and then she disclosed to me that she has a little bit of what we call it little tea I'd call it little tea a <laughs> little bit of little tea around my mom and me having a very specific style and kind of 
putting that on Camille and saying certain things and all of that, that snowballed into us talking about how actually important personal style can feel and what an exciting experience it is when we start to shed other people's expectations of us and we come into expressing ourselves in ways that feel really good through style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually have received this question a couple of times before, like, how do you find your personal style? What does that mean? And mm. by no means is this my expertise, but I do have some theories about style and how to find it. Also, you have a very identifiable look. Is that the right word I'm looking for? I hope so, because I like that. Yeah. Somebody is not going to see you in just like a casual outfit that everybody else would be wearing, I feel like. I feel like you stand out, not only just because you're shaved blonde hair, but the earrings, the jewelry, the the bedazzle if you will (laughs) (laughs) well I like that and I haven't always been that way that's the thing well you know what I actually was even in high school I would wear heels I had you had your own style always yeah I always did have my own style but then I did go through this phase where any boyfriend I would date I would take on their style and I ended up getting totally confused about like who I was totally yeah totally I got confused because yes you and mom it is a little tea also because sorry mom if you're listening to this it is hard to hear an adult figure around you who you love talking negatively about certain styles because say I was attracted to something and then you hear well that doesn't look good on that body type or something it makes me maybe feel like I could never wear it so I have kind of really in the last year started to find my style yeah Yeah, and started to just actually gravitate towards stuff that I like. But it's hard to not just look at what's going on in fashion culture and just think that you need to be wearing that. But in reality, fashion like that comes and goes. So it's really, you really need to be wearing something that you feel freaking good in. Yes, you feel good in. Yeah, my, so my first recommendation in this category is to dedicate a couple hours, one Saturday or Sunday morning to go through your closet. Oh my gosh. A closet. There is nothing, nothing better than a closet clean out. Nothing better. I do it. I do it many times a year. I love to do it. I want to do it now. And I live out of a suitcase. I'm ready to do it. (laughs) Me too. And I want to do a little shopping when I'm up by you. It feels so good because here's why if you're putting, if you're going through all of your clothes and you are hating the way your body looks in a piece of clothing, it's time to cut the cord. Yep. Just chuck it. The thing that you've had in your closet for two years that you're thinking like, yeah, it's cute. Well, if you haven't worn it, it's not your style. Right. So it's time to get rid of it. And it's also, you can repurpose things. You can figure out that you actually there's something that you've always wanted to wear but you haven't done it why you're feeling a little uncomfortable in it well you might put it on and just walk around in your house for the day and realize you feel sexy as hell that's right 
Yeah. So your closet dump is number one. Well, I think we need to take a step back (gasps) because I love closet dump, but I think that what's important is that when you're thinking about what should you wear, or if you even want to have a personal style, I feel like we have to talk about the element of your personal style kind of finds you as you find you. If Mm. you already have like an aesthetic that you, if if you're a Libra, you're probably already good at this. Or a Leo. Yeah, or a Leo. Libras and Leos Leos are known for just having good (laughs) aesthetic. Um, Yes. I didn't know that until, you know, last year or whatever. But what I'm saying is, when you kind of start to do your self-work, like the stuff that Camille and I talk about on all of our other episodes, basically, then we're going to talk about it today as well. But when you start to explore with orgasm, speaking your truth, you know, feeling into your womb, standing up for what you want to say and actually saying it, walking away from shit that doesn't serve you, that boils over into every aspect of your life so when you are then looking at your closet and you're like okay what items here don't serve me anymore like which pair of sneakers always give me a blister and I keep trying to wear them but they suck and when I see them I cringe yes those have to go and in addition to the closet clean out I love the concept of minimizing. Like the closet is also a minimized thing, but I did not realize the power of the word minimize until I moved into a van. Like it was a very Mm. experience. But I just remember at the time, like my ex and I had just started dating and it was during the love bomb phase. So he was, you know, (laughs) and he came (laughs) when I was, going through the van like moving into my van and I just remember him standing in my closet and just like because I could not figure it out I was like about to have a nervous breakdown and he's just like no 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 like going through and just helping me get rid of all of my clothes like you almost need a friend to come over to help you with it my ex actually did that for me I was like I cannot figure out what to keep or not and he literally I mean we had been together for two years yeah. He just went through and he's like, no, no, this is out of style. This is ugly. No, no, no. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. And so actually our friend Ashley did that for me once too. She's like, yes. no, that's out of style. I tried on everything for her. And she was, she's also really good at aesthetic. Yes. She's a, she's Leo. a Leo. Yeah. Oh my God. She's a Leo. Yeah. Anyways, shout out Ash. If you're listening, it does really help to have a friend there with you witnessing. Yeah. Like somebody that you can trust to tell you the truth, not to hurt your feelings, but to tell you the truth. Yeah. So if you need help, you could even FaceTime somebody, you know, and just be like, I need to do a wardrobe overhaul and just get rid of the shit. That stuff, just doing that. And that includes your jewelry. That includes your scarves. That includes your hats. That includes your shoes, like going through and getting rid of first And then just sit with what you have. Mm. Wear that in different combinations. Tie a jean jacket or a leather jacket around your waist. Like tie something up around, you know, like see if you can feel into different vibes before you add more. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. For me, I always have mentioned, I've mentioned this a couple times, but I absolutely love Pinterest. 
And I really love fashion videos on TikTok. I feel like there is there are so many different avenues today for even seeing different style options and just giving things a try, seeing if you can, if you find an outfit that you like on Pinterest, seeing if you can find something in your closet that resembles that or fashion it into something that looks like that. That's really helped me because fashion has never been something that came easily to me. I just kind of wore what was going on around me, you know, like kind of blended in with the friend groups would like borrow people's clothes and stuff. So man, college was tough. Then after college, I went right to a corporate job. So most of my clothes were super sexy office attire, mm-hmm. formal, formal office attire. So me finding my own style has really kind of just been this last year, but I've, I've made certain Pinterest boards that I like. That's just really helped me. That is it's so cute. Yeah. That's really cute. I really knew what I wanted to look like as a businesswoman. So I always looked on point in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Like every outfit I had was fabulous. Yeah. I remember then that. Then when I cut that cord... The casual day style is tough. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Casual day style is really hard. It's one of the reasons that I moved to Tulum. I'm not even joking because I was like imagining what do I want? What do I want to be wearing every day? And I was like, no shoes and a bikini top and flare bottoms, like flare pants, linen pants. Me too. That's what I want to. That's what I'm wearing every day right now. But I imagining going into a city or something is way too terrifying. Like I can't, that's a whole different level of style. Yeah, it, it is really scary. I, one thing that has helped me developing personal style is jewelry. Oh yeah. Okay. To me, it makes all the difference. And something I've really started to love is creating a new makeup routine for myself. Wow. And it doesn't have to be makeup, but I feel like that has kind of poured into my own personal style because I get excited every day to wake up and first thing do cute makeup and put on jewelry. It just makes me feel already put together. Yeah. Our stepmom is the queen of this, Kim. She just looks like a million dollars every day every day even if she's watching a football game or cleaning the house she has she looks put together and it makes even her pajamas are cute yeah which you barely see her in she's only in pajamas till like 6 (laughs) a.m (laughs) And then she just has, and this is important to say too, is that this has not, personal style has nothing to do with body type. That's something that Mm. we, Camille and I both had to get over because it feels like if you're athletic or thicker or like a big girl or somebody who's really thin, that there are these like particular styles that you can wear. And that just isn't true. Your personal style is what you feel good owning. If mm-hmm. you are a big girl and you want to own your belly button being out, fucking go for it. Like you're allowed to do that. And yeah. I've heard a lot of a- accounts of women who call themselves fat girls, like fat chicks. They love it. They wear these b- really exciting styles. And I'm just like, that 
is so empowering. I love it. Yeah. They're really just just going for it because there's a certain confidence in just doing what feels good. Yes, it does. And people will yeah. stuff, you know, like it is, I have gotten comments, I don't know, my whole life about being too much, like always, not not yeah. from strangers. Strangers usually really love what I'm wearing, but from like, I don't know, dad or people I've- Grandma and Jiju. Grandma and Jiju, yeah. <laughs> people that I really love a lot just being like whoa okay you know so yeah with tattoo god this even rolls into like tattoos it's just this is what I want to say about personal style a lot of women are detached from this part of ourselves that is create and I actually think that this applies to a lot of men too like if you are a man listening to this, you can find a personal style too. I have seen oh, some yeah. dudes that look fucking hot in what they're wearing. Like my husband? As- Aesthetically. Shane has really stepped it up a notch. Are you kidding me? He- you helped him find his personal style. He also yeah, you did. This is, this is what I'm going to say. It coincides with taking risks. When mm. you start to take risks everything in your life improves. And I'm talking about the kind of risks that your heart's asking you to do. Because then when you're at the store and you're like, whoa, can I really pull that off? Like I bought a queen crown. Like I have a crown that I sometimes wear. Like that is no joke. <laughs> you know, That is no joke. You can just know what you want because it feels like you. It feels good. That's what I want to be wearing. That's what I want to be seen in. My huge glasses. It's just like, yeah, fuck it. Like nobody has sunglasses that big. No. I just like it. It feels good. You like it and it feels good. Yes. Yeah. I can't remember what I was saying about fine. Oh, 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 I do. No, with men and women, we get detached from this part of ourselves that we call creativity (laughs) because we think that that only means you're either a musician or an artist. Right. But really our creativity can spill out in creating our personal style within our home, with what we wear, how we do our makeup. That's a very creative aspect of being a human. I mean, if you're not, you can create something every day out of what you're wearing on your vessel. I don't know anything more creative than that. So stepping into creativity and also pushing, really working on perfectionism and coming to an understanding that what you're putting on doesn't have to be this ideal, idealistic view of perfect. It just has to feel really good to you. Right. I was watching this video. I follow this woman, Sammy something, which I know everybody follows her because she is freaking fabulous she has millions of followers she has a fashion brand and she wears these little harnesses she gets her cool nails done she is like the coolest bitch I've ever seen in my life God, who is this Sammy Superstar no I'll link you to her account she is incredible she's big on TikTok so she wears these harnesses that I've seen a lot of people wearing Alyssa has one our good friend she said she got it from Sammy that oh style anyways So as she puts on her stuff, she'll go, 
this isn't for every this isn't for everybody she's like has an australian accent or something cool too of course and she's like but it doesn't have to be for everybody it's for me she's like i wear what makes me feel good Lauren put on these like cowgirl boots with this dress or something the other day. And she's like, does this look good? And I'm like, well, do you like it? It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be what looks good. Typically, if you like it, then that's your style. (laughs) And I really love that. So I love following accounts like that too, where they're kind of doing avant-garde looks, but just like going for it. (laughs) And you're just like, okay, that's the thing. That is their style. Yeah. I personally have little attacks of panic if I have to leave my house wearing something that I don't love. Oh, like if I rush so and I have I. to leave the house and I don't love what I'm wearing, it could literally ruin my day. No, I have had kindergarten meltdowns as a full-blown adult where I told my ex he actually had to leave the room because I was about to throw a tantrum on the floor. <laughs> Because I could not find something I love to wear. It was really yeah. embarrassing. And also <laughs> you just had to do, you had to have a meltdown. <laughs> you have to have a meltdown. <laughs> I also want to say this. If you are overwhelmed by this whole concept, you only really need a few staple items that you can dress in a couple of ways. That's what we did with Shane. Shane has a couple of shirt styles that he loves and he has them in like a couple colors, a couple of the same pairs of shorts. And then he switches it up with like a necklace, a, the way his hair looks, different shoes. And it totally just, he has a whole new wardrobe, but it's a capsule style. Like it, it's the same couple of things with a couple cool things to dress it up or dress it down. So that's the same thing for women. Yeah. It's the same thing for women. I have a couple pairs of pants that I love shirts that go with them, like tops that go with them. I have the same tank tops that I put a shawl over or like some kind of cool bandana and then boom, it's a different outfit. Yeah. A capsule wardrobe capsule. That's how I, that's the goal. Our next topic today (laughs) is talking about if your sex life is so boring. If your sex life is kind of boring, this is for you. Yeah. If you hate your sex life and every time you have sex, you are left unfulfilled. (laughs) You know who this is for in reality? This is for couples who have been together for a little bit. You think? Yeah. I mean, people, no, if you're single, you can be having boring sex too. But I think, I feel like normalmente, okay. this is, this can happen when you slip into a routine with your current partner, whether that's a friends with benefits, whether that's a long-term partner, multiple partners, doesn't matter. It can be really easy to just slip right into this norm where it's a little bit of foreplay, do what each other does to make yourself finish and then the experience is over. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that this is for if you are a solo person and you're kind of just masturbating the same way every single day, this is for you. 
because yes. that can be a thing too, where you basically just turn on porn, whack it, or, you know, to- <laughs> whack it. I cannot, I cannot handle whack it. <laughs> well, you know, that's what it, you know, that's you turn on porn on. and you whack it. Yeah. You turn on your porn and you whack it. <laughs> Nothing sounds worse than that to me. Oh my God. Well, I guess I'm just, what would you call it? No, that's the perfect term for if you're having boring masturbation is just to turn on porn and whack it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally sweating because it's so funny. It's just, you know that that's what's going on. It's just like, just you're just going for it yeah you're just going so hard in the spot you like and then it's over yeah so hard it's over and you just barely even experienced it because you've just been out of your body that is so funny (laughs) this goes for for vagina vulva owners (laughs) too It totally goes for you too if you have a pussy and you masturbate the same way every time this is for you. If you're kind of just like, oh my God, I'm like getting on Bumble because I'm so bored or I'm getting on Tinder or whatever because I'm so bored. It's like, okay, let's amp up your masturbation practice too. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So get us started. Kick us off. Dang, here we go. Okay. I have been in school. I mentioned this every couple of episodes, but I'm really mentioning it now because I'm having to take a shitload of classes right now. Oops. I'm having to take a shitload of online courses and I'm just learning so much. So I just took a three hour webinar series about what to do when sex goes wrong with couples, with penises, with vaginas, vulvas. And overwhelmingly what we can do to make sex go right is to come back to the focus of pleasure. Mm. And this sounds, I'm going to really elaborate here, don't worry, Mm -hmm. but but that's the central focus of this lesson for today is what happens when sex goes wrong in a partnership. Let's talk about in a relationship is Mm. oftentimes there is communication that has been had or hasn't been had that either has nothing to do with sex or it can do with sex, but it comes into your sex life because sex is where the dust settles in a relationship. Mm. So when you are holding something back or you've said something and it didn't land right, or you've had a conversation that either once or a bunch of times, and it's kind of snowballed into something that's kind of lingering between the two of you, it settles in the bedroom and you can't exactly put your finger on it, but First and foremost, in order to have better sex and less boring sex, your communication has to improve. Communication is the key Mm. because communication about pleasure is the key to not boring sex, to having really amazing sex. Because what can happen, like Camille said, is when you get into those routines where there are all these assumptions happening assumptions Mm. are also the root of terrible communication yeah assumptions are the root of terrible sex because we assume that the person either knows what we want or we assume that we know what they want Mm. 
And so when we're having sex in a relationship, this just naturally happens as time moves on where it's like, okay, I know how she gets off. I know how he gets off. We're just going to kind of do the things that we normally do and go to bed. That is not, and that's fine. If you're having sex and that feels good to you, that's fine. Yeah. But if you're having sex and you're kind of like, man, I just want more, or I'm just not feeling super connected. It's important to go back to the very basics of our human development, which, which is back to touch. Touch Mm. is something there's, there's something called skin hunger. And what this is, is when we're babies, we are born with the need for touch. If a baby Mm. is fed and a baby is safe, but a baby isn't touched, the baby will die. Mm. We have to be touched. And so what happens as we get older is that less and less and less touch happens. When we get into relationships, there's a lot of touch at the beginning, a lot of hugging, kissing. Mm -hmm. When you're having sex, there's kind of more exploration of the body. But as time goes on, life gets busy, touch can get more left behind. You maybe cuddle a little bit at night or you hug and kiss in the morning, but you're not touching and pawing at each other. So in order to have more fulfilling sex, more touch and presence with touch needs to be introduced or reintroduced. Mm. So instead of going directly from we're horny, we're having sex, can you go from we're horny or maybe we're interested in being horny? I actually need to make a distinction there. And now we're exploring each other's bodies as if it's for the first time. Where is a place that you can touch or lick or caress that you maybe haven't touched in a while behind the knees, in between where the thighs meet the pelvic bones, under the chin, the neck, behind the ears, behind the ears. Like, can you come into presence with your partner's body before you assume the next stage of sex? Mm. That in and of itself just laying with each other without the pressure of penetration, without that being the end goal, but instead the goal is to connect with the skin of your partner, that will literally amplify your sex life by like a hundred times just right there. I shouldn't say a hundred times, but you know, a lot. So much incredible information. I feel like if you are listening to this, you should rewind back five minutes and listen to that whole segment over again, because there were so many good little pieces of information in what Lauren just said. I want to snowball off a couple things. <laughs> okay. Number one, revolving around pleasure. Yes. And I guarantee if anyone here thinks about the best sex they've ever had, it was a time when there was a lot of physical touch going on. Mm. I was recounting, oh, what's the best sex I've ever had? Was it so much communication? so much physical touch, really honoring and loving each other's body. And if that hasn't happened for you yet, that is available for you. It is an ex- and this is this is the only time it's available though, and I want to make this really clear. If you're with a partner, this is a two human effort. Mm-hmm. 
communication, focusing on pleasure, coming back to what the partner loves to feel, asking questions, really focusing on pleasure instead of orgasm. That is a two man job, baby. (laughs) Two man, two woman, one man, one woman, they, thems. It is an effort for both. Something that this is really going to highlight in your relationship is effort. And if people are willing to work on communication, because I think that this is something that you sort of train, just like our last episode, we talked about training the mind or the body. This is something that you both have to put effort into if you want to make a beautiful experience for the two of you sexually. Anytime that we decide to come into something that feels good for us and we share that with the person that we're with, that serves as an opportunity to really notice what the response is to what would feel good for you or what you're needing. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to say. And you just put it in much better words, but your partner's response to you needing some change is probably really reflective of other things that are going on in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to get into that today, but I just wanted to mention those two things because it can be scary to talk to your, especially if it's, if this is with a part, it's scary to start exploring this stuff on your own. Right. Yeah. And I so want to, to talk eat, about that for yeah, talk yeah. About that in a minute too, like the exploring on your own part. Yeah. But before we get into that, I just want to say that this is a very non-confrontational way to approach conversations about sex is to begin it by saying, you know, maybe begin definitely not when you're in the throes of sex. Like there have been times before where I've been like, I just want some more touch, you know, like while I'm already having this and then it can totally ruin the mood. Right. Yes. So have the conversation when you're not in the bedroom, like just having a discussion and just saying, I would really love to explore more touch and to really slow down with each other and also to slow down with yourself. That's the thing. Mm. And so this is where I want to talk about something that I was reminded of in school And it is like the most important thing that I feel that we don't ever learn. We expect that when we're in a relationship or when we're single, that we are going to be walking around during the day and all of a sudden we're going to become horny and then we're going to have sex and or masturbate. And that's how it goes, that we become horny first mentally, and then we feel desire and want to have sex physically. That is true for about 80% of men, people with penises, feel horny first, and then want to have some kind of a physical interaction. That's called spontaneous desire. Mm. What's more common and what starts to even out when you're in a long-term relationship is something called responsive desire. And that's Mm -hmm. when you have the intention of having physical touch, time spent with your person first, and that's what makes you horny mentally. 
is that you lay with each other, you're touching each other, you're seeing if you can get into the mood together rather than being in the mood, then having sex. Mm. It's responsive desire. So you're being touched, you're being caressed, you're doing some kissing, maybe talking about how the day was and seeing if your body can feel turned on during that. Hmm. Responsive desire equals, in many cases, longevity of satisfaction in a long-term sexual relationship. Because if you're waiting for spontaneous desire your whole life, then there could be a long period, long periods of time that we don't have sex with our partners because things come up that prioritize, like our bodies prioritize them higher than being horny. So mm. if you're walking around or you think something's wrong with you because you're no longer getting these bouts of spontaneous desire, it's not a reliable source for longevity. Mm. Great when it happens, fun, that's awesome. But incorporating responsive desire and making that, it is so normal. A, a lot of people with vulvas actually require that in order to feel fully turned on. My mind is blown. <laughs> it's really important. It's really no. important. Okay, so I have two things. Number one, you said it happens in about 80% of men. Do you know what the percentage of vulva owners are that it happens in? Well, it. I forget what the exact, the, how the exact science is on it. I can't remember if it's like 80% at some point in their lives. Like, I think for all of us at some point in our lives, life we've experienced being horny when they're spontaneous is, yeah yeah but I I can't remember if it was 80 percent of the time for men and 20 percent of the time for women but it's like an 80 20 okay that like 20 okay. percent of the time women are just feeling horny and then wanting to fuck whereas 80 mm. percent of men because they get boners right so yes but also and all of this research is actually in the book, Come As You Are. I just mm. was in a webinar with the author of that, Emily Nagowski, who's amazing. Like her research is so great. So all of this research is in her book. I'm just regurgitating it right now. But what's really important too to note here, and we're getting a little bit off, but I want to say this, is that yeah. just because you're wet doesn't mean that you're ready to have sex. Just because somebody has a boner doesn't mean that they're ready to penetrate. Mm -hmm. A lot of times our bodies respond to stimulus before we emotionally feel available. So mm. when somebody touches your pussy and says, you're so wet, you must be ready. That's actually up for you to decide. It's up for you to check in with yourself and to feel that. And I think those are the kind of assumptions that I'm talking about. When people assume that because your pussy is wet or your dick is hard, that you're ready to have sex or you're ready to be penetrated, yeah. that's not the case. A lot of times it takes our emotional body longer to feel safe and aroused and horny. And so having sex based exclusively on what our body is doing is not an indicator of sex that's going to be good. Man. Y'all, this is just so effing good. Yes, I agree with that. Now, what I kept thinking in the background is what people label as honeymoon phase is actually just the effort phase. Yeah, it's effort. 
it's the effort. You're touching more. You're going out on dates more. Things are more spontaneous. You're like showing yourself the best to somebody. It's not a freaking honeymoon phase. When the honeymoon phase is over, ask yourself, is the effort also over? Right. Probably yes. Right. That's probably why when we first meet someone, we're so horny. Right. Because you're, you're touching more. You're actually making more effort showing up for each other, like randomly surprising that I feel like there's just so much more opportunity for responsive arousal. Yes. So of course you're having sex more during the honeymoon phase. Yeah. It's effort. Oh my God. Yeah. Effort is so (laughs) important. And that's, that's what I want to continue to highlight here is that this kind of understanding it like for you to have a conversation with your partner about this you don't even have to talk about it from the perspective from your own experience you can just cite the science get the book come as you are and say look it isn't just me 20 percent, only 20 percent of women you know are constantly feeling spontaneously aroused you know it, yeah. that's not always the case and so yeah that can help you have the conversation is just start with, I just read this book called Come As You Are and it really helped. This is making me just side note, feel totally just so much better in my body because I am like, I am not horny at all. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, am I all of a sudden asexual? Or like, will I not be? But no, it's not that. It's just that I may just not be a person who experiences spontaneous arousal. Right. I will feel horny again. If you're listening to this relating, so will you. (laughs) Yes. And it can just take like, imagine when you're dancing and and you're kind of brushing up against people and, and you kind of get that energy going or, you know, you're out and you're people watching. You may just need more stimulation in order for you to feel ready for sex. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really important. Like when you imagine, um, I just think about long-term relationships a lot because I'm in one now and Mm -hmm. I will be forever. And, you know, Shane and I, even in the course of our year, have had times that ebb and flow, somebody's going through something and that spontaneous arousal isn't there as much. And so then you prioritize more of the responsiveness stuff, but it's an effort for both people to recognize where you are and to kind of let go of some of the pressure around spontaneous desire. Because a lot of penis owners feel like they're failing in some way if they don't feel horny all the time and want to fuck. They they feel like there's something wrong with their masculinity because for so many guys, that's the the way that they imagine being horny. It's just, oh yeah, I was, all of a sudden I was horny, I was hard and I was ready to have sex. You know, like Mm. that isn't the only way. You can also lay with each other without expectation and just see if it feels good, if it's feeling right. You can have sexual energy and sexual experiences without your dick being hard. I mean, there's not much more I can say. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're having boring sex and the me mentioning lay with your partner and feel their skin, look into their eyes 
eye gaze with them, caress their face, just hold your faces close together and feel the warmth of each other's breath, of each other's body. If that makes you cringe, if you're like, oh no, like if it makes you feel like there's no way you could do that, then there's more there. And I would recommend seeing a therapist together because mm -hmm. if, if the thought of that is making you feel super uncomfortable and you would almost rather just have fast sex to get it over with, then there's a little bit of a break in your, in your intimacy and in your mm -hmm. desire for intimacy with your partner, which typically means that something has there's an abrasion in your trust with the person in the way that you feel safe, in the way that you feel heard, seen, valued, whatever it is. And so that, mm. in order to work on this sex piece, a lot of times if you're feeling res a lot of resistance to spending close time together before having an intimate or having sex, you know, then I would recommend getting some help on that, you know? Yeah, and just... Also noting that there is no shame in seeking help on when it comes to intimacy yeah, because it is really, really important for long lasting, fulfilling relationships. Yep. It is our need. It is where we can find so much pleasure. It's where we can connect to God. Mm -hmm. I mean, intimacy is really important. So this isn't something I feel like if you're already noticing things, in my opinion, the sooner things are brought up, the better. Mm -hmm. Again, with the responsiveness from your partner. And I want to just remind you of something Lauren said earlier, just to reiterate, the best time to do this is not while you're mid-sex. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned this before, but a car ride is a really good place for this conversation. So you're not making direct eye contact. You can kind of just bring it up. You know what? Another good way is, is reading the book. Lauren just recommended. There are a bunch of great books, so that's a great book on it. And just mentioning that you're reading it to your partner and seeing how they respond to that. I know, especially with rejection being such a scary and sometimes like wounded part of people, I know it's hard to bring this stuff up, but the longer this goes on, the harder it gets to bring it up. Mm -hmm. And the more you're just losing the relationship with your intuition and something that you are, are not being fulfilled in and setting your boundaries and needs. So, yeah. I know that there are a lot of books on this and there are a lot of ways for you to get into your body, you know, but this today specifically, I just wanted to talk about this desire piece and really to highly recommend there is no book like come as you are there is no mm -hmm. book like it it is really important if you want to understand the mechanics of your turn on more it talks a lot about how when you're feeling turned on there are two aspects of that you have the gas and the brakes if you're pushing down the gas, all the things that turn you on are feeling really good. Like, yes, okay, they're touching me how I like, we're, you know, dirty talking like I like, all the things that are turning me on, but also your brakes are pushed. Like your environment might be a little bit not like you like it, or you're having cramps because you're about to get your period. 
you know, whatever it is, you're, par- you're pissed at your partner still from a fight that you had last week, your body can't do anything with that. So the book talks mm-hmm. about how to let up on your brakes and push down on your gas. And it's all science and also narrative. You know, she includes narrative and everything. It's just a, it's an important book. It was the first book that I read when I started getting into sex coaching. It's okay, well, it's my next read. I just it. said there are many books like it because I assumed there were many books like it, but you know better than I do. There aren't. Her there book. are no books like it. You read Come As You Are and you talk about it with your partner. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's especially for, she talks, it's a lot about um, sex in relationships, which is why it's mm. important for mm. this particular area. Yeah, she's just an incredible author. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing the knowledge with us from your classes, Lauren. It's so fun to get to hear about what you're learning immediately. This is this is stuff that Lauren coaches on. This is her specialty. So if you are interested in learning more in depth or, or really working through your intimacy journey, sign up to work with Lauren. <laughs> yeah, come work with me. Yeah. I, just, I forget that I can say that. I know. I, I forget that you could say work with you too. Yeah, I do have a coaching spot open right now. So if you are listening to this and you're like, yes, oh my God, I need this, then go ahead to shewolflauren.com slash private and apply. I love it. Yeah. And I'm really grateful. I, I was re-inspired by listening to my classes. So I have a lot to share right now. I was going back through my notes and just feeling like, okay, yes. Like I love talking about sex. This makes me so super happy. So I love that. And thank you for the space. Thank you to our Wolf Pack. We love you. We're grateful for you. And if you want to listen to our Q&A this week, head to our Patreon page where Camille and I upload all of our Q&As. I think we already have six or seven uploaded. You can also win a two-on-one session with us, a live coaching session, early access to all of our events, all of our upcoming group coaching courses. You're our VIWP, the very important wolf pack. So head to patreon.com slash the sex den to join our our private special community. (laughs) We love you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Oh, oh, oh.